Hey, what's going on, my friends? Dave Sharp here. Another episode of Wake Up Legendary. You are going to meet Barb McGowan today. If you don't already know her, she started her business 10 months ago, and we're going to be hearing her top lessons. She's done pretty well as well. So we'll hear her top lessons today. Let's go ahead and welcome Barb to the show. Hey, what's going on, Barb? Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good to have you on. I I know of you. You've uh, you've given a lot of value to a lot of people in this community, you know. And um, as a matter of fact, we had a coaching client here not too long ago who was you know sending because she was getting so much value from her. Hi, Susan. If you see this, she was sending her you know people into your groups and stuff Aww. and. Uh, and I said, that's fantastic. And in the future, sooner than later, let's get you to a point to where you feel that you're you can deliver enough value that you can have your own group and start, you know, start facilitating uh, just like just like Barb is. So it's been great that you've had your own success, and there's been many people who have leaned on a lot of your, I think, teaching skills, right? Because you're also that's sort of where you come from, right? So give us a little bit of your backstory and tell us sort of what led you to us, I believe in 10 months. So in roughly January. Yeah, January. Yeah, uh, I like to be verbose. So I'll try to keep it like super reader's digest condensed version. Um, I've had did like- you just of, say, What did you just say? Verbose? Yeah, I oh, like to- good. I, I like to over clarify and make sure people are okay. really clear. Well, I'm <laughs> a ninth grade dropout. So if you use a word that I don't understand, I'm just going to stop you and say, can you provide a definition that word? Me? Yeah. So, <laughs> but go ahead, give us the reader, give us the op, I guess the opposite of the verbose. Too long. Didn't read. Yeah. For you young people. Um, <laughs> so I've had a lot of, you know, jobs. I wouldn't call them careers or anything. Um, I've worked in retail I, work, I learned a lot working in retail, um, Blockbuster and Borders, may they both rest in peace. Um, I worked in investment management for seven years, and that is really like we were talking about before we got started, Dave. That's where like my addiction and alcoholism really took off. Um, and was where was working in investment management. It was very, it was like 60 hours a week plus yeah, high stress. two hour commute. And it was just really, really high stress. Mm -hmm. um, and then I left that job and I became a teacher. So I was teaching STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math for primarily K through six. And like teaching and coaching and mentoring has always been a passion of mine. Actually, ever since I started working at Blockbuster, when I just got thrown onto the register and told, okay, learn. <laughs> and that was not the best experience for me as like a hyper introvert. Um, and so that's kind of what ignited the passion of, I want people to have a good onboarding experience and good training experience. And so um, I always have always kind of taken that with me, like that passion to teach and help people who are terrified or feel like they can't do it. Like that's always just been really strong in me. Um, anyway, so with the whole, you know, pandemic happening, my job went from teaching, which I love to administrative stuff like, oh God, grant writing, 
if, if anyone out there has ever written a grant, I like, let's start a support group. It's awful. Um, grant writing budgets, financial statements, just like everything I hate sitting behind a desk and nothing that I actually loved. And then my boss like was nearing retirement and was like, oh yeah, I'm going to hand the keys over to you. And I was just like starting to panic because that was not the path that I wanted whatsoever. And I know from being in recovery and from having so many times in the past ignored that feeling of panic um, and pushing it down and being like, oh no, if I just deny this, it's going to be okay. I knew that if I didn't come up with a plan B and start doing something, taking action to build that plan B, I was going to be in a position in six months after I had that, you know, started having that realization that I didn't like, didn't like my job and didn't want to go down that path, but I'd be in a position where I didn't have the emotional energy and I just was so beat down that I'd be stuck. And so I made the decision to start looking at ways to make money online. You know, like I always say, like any good millennial. And I looked on YouTube and I found uh, a YouTuber that actually has a very, um, he's also in recovery. And so his story really resonated with me. Um, and he kept talking about his number one recommendation for how to learn to make money online. And so that's what led me to the 15 day challenge and the rest is kind of history. Mm. Um, I immediately saw the value in the model of, um, high ticket affiliate marketing. And my perspective was if he can do it, I can do it. You know, like this is just some guy who, he used to be a, a like a blackjack dealer at some casino in Minnesota. And now Thomas. he's Thomas. Yeah. And now he's, you know, crushing it. And I, I feel like a level of trust for this guy. So if he can do it, I can do it. And this is going to be my ticket out of my nine to five. And that belief and that um, just kind of absolute belief really is what has kind of carried me to this point. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, there's so many things to unpack there, but I just want to congratulate you for, you know, setting an intention and turning it into a reality. Is that something that you've, is a pattern for you? Is that something that is a, is a, is a new, um, is, is new in this season of your life? I mean, talk to us a little bit about mindset and how you've <laughs> Uh, either developed certain mindset approaches and always had them or how you've knew or some, or is this newly developed? Um, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, I've always, always been so stubborn and so persistent, um, almost to a fault. Uh, one of my basketball coaches was yelling at my team at halftime when I was in high school and he was just yelling at everyone for being angry. Cause when this is a blanket generalization, but when girls play angry, they get pissy and they don't play well. He's like, except for Barb, because when I get mad, I will run through a brick wall to spite you to achieve the thing that you said that I couldn't achieve, you know? Yeah. So I think part of it is that. Um, but I think a lot of it is also, you know, I think when we go through hard stuff, we have to either learn and grow or we die. And whether that's a physical or spiritual death or whatever. Mm. Um, and so I think that this kind of hard stuff that I've had to go through and learn the hard way that if you don't believe that, if I don't, I'll rephrase it with a nice statement. If I don't believe 
that I can be successful or, or that I can do something or that I'm not a natural or I'm not, you know, fill in the blank with whatever role or quality or whatever, then it's that belief that feeds my behavior. You know, it's not the other way around. We don't become a marketer first or we don't become a natural born runner. Like we like the running thing is so important to me. I hated running because I wasn't a natural runner. I wasn't naturally fast. I didn't like it. So I started running because that was actually a really pivotal thing for me in terms of belief and mindset. I started running because I figured if I can learn to like this and learn to be skilled at it, I can mm-hmm. take that to do, to, you know, to anything, any quality, any strength, any skill. And then I started running 5Ks. I started running half marathons and I was like, oh, okay. And that was like a really big t- turning point for me in my late 20s to realize we're not natural anything. You're not a natural marketer, Dave. Like you picked those skills up because you were looking around and learning these things as you went on through life and opening your eyes when, oh, like I can take something from network marketing or I can take something from this experience in Home Depot or whatever yeah. and put up that all that together. You know, nobody's a natural anything. We either pick things up as we go and are open to things or we just go through life with blinders on with the existing beliefs that we're brought up with as kids and don't deviate from that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, so just to be clear, you are now full time online doing this. Yes. Yeah. I quit my nine to five. My last day was actually July 2nd. Um, so that was pretty, um, I don't know. Good timing with Independence Day in the United States. But mm. yeah, so about three and a half months. Yeah. So tell tell us more about that. I mean, was was that that was obviously an intention that you had set, something that you wanted to do, a goal that you had. So tell us how you led up to actually doing that. Uh, this is something that so many folks want to do. They want to quit their nine to five. So how did you how did you did you plan that? How did you make sure that you were secure enough? Did, was there a certain element of fear there? What talk to us a little bit about leading up and the in the whole um, actually doing it because right? it's something yeah. that so many people dream or talk or threaten to do or whatever. Or I know some who are ha, are even in a position to do it. And then are even afraid to do it because when is enough enough? Like, like, you know what I mean? So talk to us a little bit about you quitting your job. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll start by saying that. And I've said this before that (laughs) I think so much comes back to me being in recovery, honestly. And the things that I've learned from uh, really persisting in life with sobriety, um, And I was literally at the point where I had to choose between reaching out for help to start the process of being in recovery or dying physically. Like that was where I was at, you know, several years ago. And that like fear and like mortal terror um, of like having to expose myself in that way, like, hey, I need help. And I'm not this perfect put together adult that I've been 
pretending to be and really just admitting that deep, dark shame, there was nothing scarier to me than that. And so anything else that's like remotely scary emotionally um, doesn't really compare to that. And so the, the, I guess, fear for me was just a little bit of unease in comparison. Um, so to backtrack a little bit. So when I, when I first, I think I signed up for the 15 day challenge, January 15th of this year. And my goal was to quit my nine five job within one year. And so I had a, a long-term vision, like that was my goal one year. So January 15th of 2022. And so off the bat, I, I had this belief that this was going to be my, you know, the thing that I built over time to eventually make more than my nine to five and eventually allow me to leave my nine to five. Um, and so I think having that belief off the bat was just a very strong presence for me. Um, number two, realizing that it wasn't going to be overnight. It I wasn't waiting for like, oh, when do I start making money? It was like, okay, this is something that everyone is telling me I need to build over time and just keep doing the right things, like the next right thing, the next right thing each and every day. And eventually it's going to pay off. And kind of the analogy that I tell new affiliate marketers that are asking, when am I going to make my first commission? Like you don't worry about that. Worry about providing as much value as you can to your target audience. And then every, you know, every piece of content that you make, you're like putting that in a piggy bank and eventually down the road, you get to crack that open, but know that your efforts are not, are not like wasted, you know? And that was the perspective that I took when I first started. Um, and I, it's ironic. I think that when you let go of that outcome, that that's when the magic happens, you know, when you let go of the outcome and you just are worried or concerned about providing the best content you can provide and iterating, you know, changing it up. If your content's not performing the way you want it to, you, that's what you have control over. You don't have control over if you make commissions or how many views you get. Okay, if you're not getting the views, engagement, and following you want, do something different. Iterate, you know, put out more content, just test things, see what works. Um, and that was the perspective that I took. Um, and anyway, ironically, I think because I, I let go of those outcomes and was just focused on what I could control, you know, Serenity Prayer 101, um, like within a month and a half or so, I was making as much with my affiliate marketing business as I was making with my nine to five. And I remember like receiving my first big commission and being like, Oh my God, this is like something, this is real. Like I could, I could actually quit my job like sooner rather than later. And that momentum kind of carried. And eventually I got to the point where I was like, I was so bitter and resentful having to go to work 40 hours a week when I was working 10 hours a week, 12 hours a week of my online business and making more than I was working full time. And so that bitterness and resentment was getting to a point where it was not healthy and it was starting to kind of impact the rest of my life, you know, um, just being emotionally worked up and agitated all the time, um, not having energy to do other things. Um, and just living with bitterness and resentment. And I didn't like that. And 
a couple of close, like people that I, who, who are also an online business that I really trust their opinions pointed out like, Hey, Barb, it's like a, an opportunity cost at this point. Like, what are you losing by continuing to work this 40 hour a week job that is just draining you that you could be re, like, reallocating those efforts and that energy to your online business? Like, what are you actually losing by continuing to stay stuck at that job? And that hey, was Barb. very eye opening for me to think about it from that perspective. Barb, um, can you yeah. hear me? Yeah. Can, can I get you to switch over to your phone? Because I think your internet is lagging or something's lagging with your Wi-Fi. If you could go to your phone and potentially um, plug into your, your, uh, your, uh, uh, you know, your data network or whatever, your four or five G that might be better because it, uh, your, your video is just lagging and you're, you're dropping such good information. Dave, it's not an issue with hers. It's it's we lost the whole stream. It was just a StreamYard thing. So the stream is off of Facebook completely. Oh. Well that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's just a StreamYard bandwidth thing. Okay. So um, just keep, we're still alive. keep rocking because it might come back. I got you. But yeah, it's it, it happened with you earlier on in the interview and then it happened with Barb later on. Oh. Wow. That sucks. Blasted StreamYard. I know. I know, I know, I know. Well, um, uh, okay. I, I believe we're back, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the legendary page. It looks to be back. Yeah, it does look to be back. I still see a big lag in her video, though, Matt. So, I mean, um, I'm looking at it right yeah, now. I, my I'm video. a little bit of lag on her video still, too, right now. Bob, do you, do you happen to have a phone you could go you could go on? I do. Okay. If you could do that and try that, that would be fantastic. So hang in there now, uh, folks. We are we are dealing with some technical difficulties, but uh, you know sometimes you just have to look at listen to the audio, right? Listen to the audio. Um, while she's while she's doing that, um, I want to share a little bit of experience about quitting your job, right? Quitting my job. Um, this is something, this is a topic. And I just wonder, you know, if you guys could leave a comment, how many of you, that is a goal for you? How many of you don't want to go back to, you know, what you were doing pre pandemic, what you, you know, what you, for, for a lot of people, I think right now they just don't want to go back to what they were doing before. Now that you've had that experience being, uh, being at home. Um, and so, I always tell people, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable no matter what you choose. And ultimately, it has to be a decision that you make and a decision that um, you get to own, right? Because nobody can tell you when the right time to do it is. Nobody can tell you when, um, you know, there is no perfect number also, right, Barb, that you're going to have in your bank account that's going to make you feel totally comfortable um, there's likely going to be a lot of uncomfortability with any big change in your life, particularly walking away from a job or a career. But the reason why I'm sort of staying here just for an extra moment is because, Barb, this is something that so many people want. They want to transition over to doing this full time. And so could you just say a few words about the, di the 
are you happy about your decision now that you've done it? How does it feel? And do you believe that it's real? I mean, just talk to us a little bit about, about now that you've actually followed through and done it. Um, yeah, I'm so glad that I did it. Um, in my experience, I, and I feel like this is true of so many things in my life that when I make that leap of faith and operate like with faith, despite having fear or whatever, um, good, like great things happen. And that's where the magic happens for me. Um, and I'm not saying like, go jump off a cliff and just hope that someone catches you. Like that is obviously crazy, but when there's a reasonable expectation that you can do something and continue to work your butt off and that your efforts will continue to yield that kind of result. Um, I say, if you are able to take that chance and take that risk and that, that calculated risk, then do it. Like, don't let that fear hold you back. And if you have, you know, a proven business that has been getting results for you, like the way that mine was, and you have done that consistently for months, um, there's going to be risk in anything. There's a risk in staying at your job. There's right. a risk in leaving that job. There's a risk in going and getting a new job. There's a risk in being unemployed. There's a risk in everything. Like that's life. Life is lifey like that, you know? Right. And it's just a matter of what risk you're willing to take and at what cost, you know? Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing that shifted mentally when I, when I quit and went full time in my business was number one, I sort of erased my plan B. Mm -hmm. So number two, I started, tr I stopped treating my business like a hobby and started treating my business like a business because now all of a sudden it was my only source of income. So I did whatever it takes. And there's a cool Imagine Dragons song called Whatever It Takes. My five-year-old loves it, sings it, was performing it last night. And you do whatever it takes. And I think this is a conversation that is that certain people are ready for certain depths and levels of this conversation. And uh, sometimes here on, on Wake Up Legendary, I want to try to not scare people away. But the truth of the matter is, is most of the time I throw that, <laughs> throw that out the window and just say, you know what? This is going to be the hardest and, and, and most rewarding thing that you ever do. And it's going to take everything you got, not so much physically, because I would say, Barb, your running was probably physically much more of a toll on you, but, but mentally, not to say that running is not a mental challenge, but mentally, this is going to challenge all of your limiting beliefs. It is going to challenge that good old soundtrack that you've been playing for all these years that's kept you from having everything you want and being everything that you can be. So we've talked a little bit about some of your limiting beliefs. Um, is there anything else that you would say was a major limiting belief that you have overcome or are in the process of overcoming and has been life-changing for you? Um, um, I think a couple things came up. 
one is it's like if you are on TikTok and you see those TikToks like, oh, I became an entrepreneur to have time freedom. And then now you work like 12 hours a day. So I think that's kind of a, I don't know, ingrained belief that I still carry and I'm trying working to get away from that is like the idea that hard work means working long, insane hours. Um, get, that's absolutely not true. Like, and that's evidenced by the fact that I was able to build the business working 10 hours a week that was outperforming my nine to five income. So I think that beca becoming more organized and having better time management skills are helping me like developing those actual real world skills are helping me to overcome that limiting belief. And also just being aware, like having that, that feeling of like guilt or fear come up, like I'm not working hard enough. Right. Why am I not working right now? There's so much to do. Yeah. Like you could have two of you and work 24 hours a day and still not accomplish everything you need to. It's a matter of identifying the priorities and working on that stuff diligently and, and then realizing you're not going, I'm not going to accomplish everything I need to do in any given day. I need to accomplish what I need to, to keep my business moving forward. And the rest will have to wait. Like I need to continue to build this business over time and put systems in place and put automations in place um, to make it easier for me as I go, but I'm not going to do it overnight. And so that like belief that I can, fix everything or do everything in one day or in one week or one month. That's, um, that's something that if you're new or if you're been around the block a couple times, like I think that that is, that belief will exist for you as long as you don't address it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I, I noticed that you said you're working one to four hours a day right now in your business. So, I mean, it's, it really is, time management and making sure that you are, are, you know, in some way living your dream and not living a nightmare or, or one thing that we used to say all the time in network marketing, right? When, when, when all the, the leaders were preaching the dream, but we knew they were doing three-way calls 12 hours a day, we'd say they'd be preaching the dream, but living the nightmare, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be striving for a dream. And of course, talking about living a dream in my, in my content, if that's what I'm talking about, if I'm working in the make money online niche, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm hunched over my computer for, 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 you know, 12 hours a day, every day. I will say this though, Barb, in the beginning, I did work a lot of 12 hour days. I did. And I will absolutely, even to this day, work a 12-hour day if I have to, or as many as I have to, if I, if I have something that I'm working on that is like I'm super hyper-focused on, you know, like I'm creating something or I'm building something. And I think the difference now is that I'm being pulled by my passion. I'm being pulled by my focus. I'm being pulled by my excitement versus that that way in which I used to work, which was kind of just just grind mode. And for me at the beginning of my business, I spent a lot of time scrolling and just wasting time like in in 
So I would be at my computer for 12 hours, but I really actually only got two or three hours of work done. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and something that was coming up as you were talking about working long hours is if I, if I, I mean, I'm not, I definitely work some long hours now. I do take a lot of breaks because I just need to, but when I work long hours now, I'm building something for myself and it's something I'm excited about. And it's something that it's like when I take it, when I take action A, I get an outcome and I know I created that outcome. No one else did. Nobody handed me that result. Nobody handed it, like made it easy for me, gave it to me in a little package. It's not like a bonus I would get from a job. That's something I created. Like I made that result. And that is so much more exciting than getting a, a $5,000 bonus at work or, you know, something where it's being handed to you. And you, like when I worked in investment management, I, I think I got like a $20,000 bonus one year and I was still bitter and resentful. Like let that sink in to get a $20,000 bonus and be like, F this, you know, yeah. like, so when I, when I'm working now, it's, it's such a challenge because I think for those of us who were used to a, a boss hovering over us and giving us a to-do list or giving us an agenda to work on, and you don't have that suddenly, now you have to be 100% self-directed and your livelihood depends on it, you know? Yeah. And that's something to adjust to. But um, the flip side of that is you get to build your business the way you want and make the decisions completely autonomously. And right. that's like... One of the one of the one of the coolest one of the 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 truest. I don't know if it's it's if it, it's I've been angry at this at at times, but it's with freedom comes responsibility, mm -hmm. right? And and I was the I gotta be be honest. I was the guy who wanted all the freedom in the world, but didn't want any of the responsibility, right? So I can remember back working with my dad where I would be mad at him, right? Because we were waking up super early to get out to the job at the crack of dawn or, you know, him standing over me and hovering and, 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 you know, trying to get me to, you know, do it his way and, and not let me learn sort of on my own or whatever, like give me more freedom. Let me go out and bid jobs and run my own job and kind of all these things. But when something went wrong, guess who I was on the phone calling, right? You know, I was calling dad because those, you know, those challenges were something that I didn't know how to deal with emotionally yet. I would get overwhelmed and freak out, right? So with freedom comes responsibility. Uh, and for me, I had to embrace a lot of things that I, I didn't always think were of my personality, right? Like, like being structured or planning or using a calendar. When I first started, I would be so resentful at my wife because, you know, she wanted a bit more structure and a bit more kind of clear what's going to happen. How long are you going to be? I was talking to Brian Brewer on the show the other day, and he said that his wife calls it a, a Brian five minutes, right? And I mean, <laughs> We have that in my home too. I mean, and it's it's gotten us into some pretty heated debates and battles at times because 
I mean, I can remember back when we'd have date night and I'd have a video. Some of y'all think that y'all have challenges with shooting your videos at the beginning. Well, I didn't have a tripod or whatever, tripod, iPod, whatever, you know, where you can sit your phone up. And as a matter of fact, we weren't using cell phones. I always sound like a grandpa when I'm telling these <laughs> stories about 10 years ago online. But I, my, I'd ask my wife to sit there and hold the, the camera, the, the little camera that I used. And I'm telling you, we, it'd be date night. I'd be like, just a, I need to shoot just a quick video real quick. Well, I didn't like the video. So we'd be there an hour later. Her, you know, she's dressed up for a date. She's whole, her arms sore. She's pissed off because I got to do one more, do one more, do one more. And it's like, there was no, I had no concept of time. I had no concept of clear communication with my family about when I, when I was working, when I was going to be done working, when I wasn't working and now we've got cell phones, right? So even now, sometimes, you know, it'll be family time. And if I'm checking something on my phone or whatever, it's like, I mean, I even have my kids sometimes, not a lot. So don't start in the comments about, oh, Dave, you shouldn't be on your phone when you're with your kids. <laughs> Shut up. You know, you do it too. Right. But it's like, it's like, now it's even harder to set boundaries and have structure because of we can do so much of our business on our phone, right? And it almost feels like we're always working, right? Um, so, I, yeah, that was a lot of stuff. But my original point was, of course, with freedom comes responsibility. Do, do you you seem like more of a natural planner and or am I or am I wrong in assuming that? I'm not a natural anything. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think there I go. Because I think, and not to make a blank again, blanket generalization about an entire group of people, but I think as like a recovering alcoholic, that that part of me exists and thrives in chaos and mm -hmm. lack of structure. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like such a big part of me that yes, I've had to develop structure and planning as like a coping mechanism to keep myself on the straight and narrow, so to speak. So I have like a whiteboard totally. with all my week planned out. I'm looking at it right now. I, I don't have think like that's just an outreach. I don't think that's, I just want to stop you right there because I want to plug into the audience here and just, I, I'm curious. I think that you don't have to be an alcoholic or recovering alcoholic or recovering addict to experience that. I think a lot of us thrive in chaos in, in self-sabotage and then come back from it. And it, it almost, we almost get high off of it, right? Because we, we self-destruct, we, we, there's chaos in our life. A lot of it is brought on by our, our, us, right? Um, we love to blame it on others, but the truth is, is that we are the common denominator in all of our shit, right? Mm -hmm. And then we, we are back at this moment where we're coming back from something super focused, you know, in, and there's no better feeling than feeling like an underdog, feeling like you're coming back from something, right? You know, I'm going to get back on the wagon. I'm going to get back on the treadmill. I'm going to get back in the business, you know, all these things. And I tell you, Barb, for me, it's been a real challenge to learn how to maintain on an ongoing basis and not self-sabotage and not create chaos to come back from, right? And to mm -hmm. sort of organize my life in a, and do more self-care and have more 
have more structure and have more planning and kind of actually be like, I don't know, like a, like a, like an adult, like what I imagine is like a regular function adult instead of like a person who lives in chaos and is always kind of coming back from things and self-sabotage. You know, I know, I just wonder how many of you can relate to that, even if that would, even if you don't have a history of like alcoholism or addiction, but I just think that's such a big thing. And it's so big to be aware of that, even if you don't do anything about it right now, but just be aware of how, what your challenges might be coming from in this business because if you're one that always is self-sabotaging, self-destructing, and is used to chaos, building a business around bound and having boundaries and structure can be a real difficult thing to get used to. A thousand percent. And I think for me, it's been super important and like a big growth experience to be aware of what those tendencies are that I have to exist in chaos or, um, or disorganization or working long hours to compensate for the lack of organization or the lack of structure. Um, so yeah, it's like critical for me to, and I feel like this is probably true for a lot of people to have things organized and to use almost like an externalized, um, for example, they're like, I use a Pomodoro timer. So it's like you set a timer and it, you're working for 25 minutes and then you get a five minute break and then you, the timer starts again and it will work for 25 minutes and get a five minute break. And that for me is so effective because it's a little bit, it's like, I'm not motivating myself. I'm not like, okay, Barb, we're going to sit down and edit this YouTube video. Now it's, well, I have to, it's almost like kind of leveraging that clocking in and clocking out mentality a little bit. Um, but I have this like external thing, my timer, um, this app telling yeah. me, okay, you need to start working and here's your to-do list. And for me, that's really effective in helping me get started, especially on doing those things that I don't want to do, like editing YouTube videos. Um, but whatever I like, whatever I need to do, whether it's that app or timer or a whiteboard or whatever to keep myself focused and um, getting the results that I need to get, I will do. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out what that thing is or how I can iterate and improve. Um, and I'll do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what are another, what is another big lesson that you've learned since being online? You've, I mean, 10 months is, is like, is like, is like 70 months, you know, like it's like, it's like internet years are kind of like dog here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a, it's, it's damn near, you can call this a career almost if you've been doing it for 10 months, you know, because I think the drop off rate, uh, not because people can't do it just because they get distracted and sort of treat it like a hobby and move on to something else. But, um, what are, what is another big lesson that you've learned, um, that you didn't know when you started and that's been really helpful and eye opening? <clears throat> Oh man. <clears throat> um, I think that something that I'm surprised or I was surprised by um, is the necessity and value in, I hate to use the word networking, but 
to develop relationships with other affiliate marketers and other people in online business. Um, because affiliate marketing, I mean, it's not like network marketing. There's no one above you, below you. You don't have a team, nothing like that. But developing relationships with other people who are on the same path as you, I think is one of the most valuable things that I've learned and that I have done in the past, you know, 10 months. Um, and I think that the reason being is when you form like that support system with other humans, especially other like-minded people that are on that same journey that you're on and want the same things that you want, you're leveling up the people in your life, you know? And if you're hanging around with, you know, or getting that feedback from family or friends or people at work or whoever, oh, why are you doing that TikTok thing? That's stupid. Like that's going to bring you down. You're not going to bring them up to your level. They're going to bring you down. And so you need to, like I've needed to surround myself with those people that are on that same journey as me because they bring me, we bring each other up, you know? And uh, one of my favorite quotes is, a burden shared is halved and a joy shared is doubled. And so when you get to be in a community of people or, you know, have relationships with others that are on that same journey that you're on and you get to share your struggles and things that you're working through, they get it. And so it makes that like sharing that with them makes it less scary or less awful. And when you, yeah. share, you share those wins, they're rejoicing with you and it's like even sweeter. Yeah. And I think that's, been one of the most surprising things for me, but also one of the most rewarding. Well, you said something that I think was a major nugget and I don't want to minimize anything else you said, because it was all great, but remembering that you're not going to bring a critic or a doubter or a hater, right? Up. You're not going to bring them up. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, um, you know, get them on your level. They are going to bring you down. Okay. And let me give you an example of how this works in another area of life. There's a lot of folks who get clean, right? Who maybe they have an, uh, uh, an issue with alcoholism. They get sober. And now all of a sudden I want to go share this with my buddies at the bar. Right. I mean, I just want them to see how good I feel, how good my life's going. So I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to stop by the bar today after work and let, and let, and let everybody know. 9.9 .9 times out of 10. Okay. That person, that guy who was so happy is going to be having a beer with his, with his old pals before he's going to get the rest of them sober. And that is true in, in, in any sort of growth activity. There's always going to be people who are not going to grow with you. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make, although I never want to try to shy anybody away from coming back and being an evangelist, right? Because you see this happen with Christians too, right? They mm -hmm. are born again and now they want to convert everybody else, right? Uh, or somebody discovers something new, you know, whether it's a new food or a new, you know, new workout or a new, and they want to come and convert everybody else. Expecting, and this is another recovery saying, uh, ex expectations are resentments waiting to happen. 
-hmm. you know, having an expectation that, that a person is going to react a certain way, that they're going to say a certain thing in support of your business is just a resentment in you. It's literally like eating. Here's another one. It's literally like eating poison and expecting somebody else to die. Right. And I have had to learn that the hard way. I mean, it was heartbreaking for me at the beginning to not feel overwhelming support from friends and family. Like, why would they not be so thrilled for me? And for whatever reason, maybe my growth made them, reminded them of what they weren't doing in their life. Or maybe they just weren't into what I was doing. Or maybe they thought it was lame. Or maybe I was being too positive. Or who, I don't know. Who gives a damn? Either way, if I were to spend enough time around them trying to convince them, I would have eventually become cynical and negative and quit uh, before I've, because those folks are still cynical, negative, and critical, right? Even 10 years later. So I think that that's a, a really big uh, piece that you touched on. Um, I, I wanted to ask you something else. Uh, you have, I believe the secret to your business is, is teaching. And I think this was a little bit, was a little bit natural for you because you came from being a teacher. The education-based marketing, which is kind of the boring way of, of saying what we do, um, but it's the clearest. And I think it's the easiest way to understand how to sell more stuff and how to be more successful is education-based marketing, right? Where you educate people and then you invite them to learn more or if they want more where that came from or if they want a, you know, if they want a free ebook on how to train their dog or if they want a free ebook on how to eat paleo or if they want a free uh, training video or a free 15-day challenge on how to build a business online using this specific business model. I think for most people, it's a challenge getting out of, and it's even, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible way to come into marketing because if you think that you have to just go out there and pitch, and that's what it's about, it's just getting out there and selling and pitching, well... I don't even like to do that. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't like to sell. Just straight selling sucks. You know, I want to educate people. I want them to be, I want them to get value whether they bought or not, because that makes it less awkward and more enjoyable for everybody. And I can feel good about making an impact. And ironically, people buy more that way. So I, I actually don't end up dis being disappointed. But you've done a couple of things. You've started a Facebook group to help people who are looking to actually specifically being an affiliate for Legendary, helping people as they're starting the challenge and so forth. You've done a lot of education-based marketing videos on TikTok. Talk to us about, give us your own version of what I just said, right? Add, take away. But I want you to help people understand that the best way to succeed with this is through education-based marketing and that they don't actually need to be a salesperson to be successful with this business. Oh my God. Yes. Um, something that was coming up as you were talking, Dave, is like the idea of attraction versus promotion, which is another recovery thing, but that we 
it's like when you create fantastic content, you aren't make you're not making an ad for like if you're on TikTok, you're not creating a TikTok like here's this product, buy it. It's in my bio. Like that's not what you're doing. You're it's almost like you're making a TV show that your target audience wants to watch. They want to watch more and more episodes and then like a documentary, let's say, educational, really fantastic, Planet Earth, you know, mm. and they're watching Planet Earth and seeing all these animals and this and that. And then it's like, you know, click the link in my bio during this short commercial break for XYZ product that relates to people that would want to watch Animal Planet or whatever, Planet Earth. Like to adopt a, a blue whale. Or yeah, exactly. Or yeah. to donate to, you know, 30 cents a day or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, you're not, I'm not successful. Affiliate marketers aren't going out and making ads for the product they're promoting. They're maybe not even talking directly about the product they're promoting in every single video. They're creating content that speaks to the fears, problems, and pain points of the people that they want to reach. Like I want to reach people that were like where I was a year ago, where they wanted out of their current, the current iteration of their life but they didn't know what that looked like or how to get there. And so shoving like, you know, the 15 day challenge or shoving a click funnels training or, you know, shoving the solution down people's throats and being salesy about it is not the way that you sell things. The way that you reach the people and get them, get their eyes on your content is creating stuff that is funny to them entertaining to them or both that's the best combination or something that's motivational and inspirational something that pulls on their heartstrings like something that connects emotionally to to those people ads and commercials i mean there are some good super bowl commercials don't get me wrong but typically ads and commercials are not the things that you know something really sales pitchy aren't the things that connect emotionally with people it's creating real authentic content where you're genuinely connecting with those emotions in your target audience because that used to be you yeah. you know and well what about this one what about this one go to aa meetings go to aa meetings dave go to aa meetings it's like yo give it a break like mm -hmm. okay i see i got a problem but like you know get but then all of a sudden i decide one day on my own now maybe i'll mosey in and I hear somebody tell their story mm. and their story I can relate to. And at the end I say, God, it was like, he told my story. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I come back because I feel like these people might be my people, right? Mm -hmm. Like they know where I was at same concept, right? It's like nobody ever, ever does anything because you sit there and beat them over the head to buy it or do it. They, they do it because they see a, they see a payoff. They see a, a reward at the end, or they can identify with the person who is talking about and using a story or using a metaphor or using something that connected with them emotionally, or they felt understood like, Oh my gosh, this person understands what my pain is and isn't just trying to beat me over the head with something. But it's kind of like when you go to, to a doctor and the doctor comes in and spends five minutes with you and then writes you a script. 
And you just leave wondering if you've got the right medicine because they really didn't even spend time with you to try to understand what your problem is, to really try to diagnose the problem. And I think that's one of the reasons why we, 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 there's so much mistrust in, in medicine and doctors that people, you know, get prescriptions after having a heart attack and then don't even go home and take medicine, their medicine. They want to take their own concoction of vitamins and minerals, um, you know, and then it happens again. It's like, you, you know, sometimes we think that, you know, because we don't feel heard, because we don't feel understood and because we don't feel educated ourselves, uh, we, we don't pull the trigger on stuff. We don't buy, we don't, we're not fully bought in. And, um, you know, I think that those are a couple of analogies that came up for me as, as I was thinking about this, uh, specifically the recovery thing of getting beat, beat, beat over the head. I can remember having judges beat me over the head. And you know, as well as I do, you see the people come in to get their paper signed at the meeting. They're like, ugh, you know, because they've been beat over the head and just, all right, your your punishment is, you know, 60 hours community service, 60 meetings over the next 60 days, see in two months, right? And, you know, if if the person comes into the meeting and actually sits through it and hears something that they identify with, maybe they'll get sober and get some help. A lot of times, though, they just sneak in at the end, right, and just get the paper signed and because the delivery sucked. You know what I mean? The delivery sucked. And you've had a lot of, a lot of, so how do you think that somebody can become more of a teacher and adapt more of those education-based marketing skills, even if they weren't, even if they don't have a teaching history? Oh man, that's a good one. That is a good one for you because you have that naturally, right? And, yeah. and somebody could say, well, Barb, you have... A, 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 a natural teaching history. natural smatural like yeah, right no or you have a teaching history sure. right? well and that's just it it's like i probably sucked when i first started uh, there you but go. that's i was literally 19 years old when i first started you know thinking about how can i help train people how can i help teach people so of course i sucked like you know and it's not that i was a bad person or it's not that i shouldn't have been teaching or whatever I just needed to learn skills over time and keep iterating and keep improving. And I, we all start somewhere. And so what I would tell people is it is so it, it'll change the way that you think. If you, if you take the perspective of learn, do teach like, and that's like, I think it was like a civil war. I know Brian Brewer says that, but, it's also like a civil war reference to surgeons back in like in the civil war to learn how to do surgeries on in the field. They would like watch one, do one, and then teach one. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was probably out of necessity, but. Okay. Interesting. Right. But it changes your perspective on thinking about how and why you do things when you take the perspective of, oh, I need to pay attention. I'm going to be teaching someone this. And as a, like having been a teacher, asking those comprehension questions, like asking kids, okay, so tell me about what you just did. And having them have to, what? Like think about what they just did and then paraphrase it and explain it. That cements something in you that you don't get if you aren't 
turning back around and like kind of organically putting your own version of that back out into the world. Um, like there is so much value in turning around and teaching something that you just learned. It cements it in you and it will, it just strengthens that as a skill. Um, yeah. I, I so agree with that. Yeah. I so agree with that. I think that's of everything you've said today. I think that if ever, if you guys can and gals can take one thing from because you know people oh the audio is cutting out the video is cutting out well you know what sometimes you just got to set the video down and just listen to the words because you you because you left in you might have missed a real golden nugget and the real golden nugget that i just heard was the faster you can turn around and teach something that you just learned the more it will cement it in your brain. It will cement it inside of your subconscious. Also, it helps you to immediately turn around and deliver value. And I think the majority of people do the opposite, learn stuff and then do nothing with it because they're not ready yet. And then by the time you've taken in much more information to get really ready, you forgot 90% of what you've recently learned. So I want to say that again, and hopefully it also gives permit. Actually, can you say that again? Because I hope it gives people permission to, to do it. Please say it one more time. So every, we really make sure that people hear that. Yeah, gosh. And it's so timely because I've had people who come to me and they're like, yeah, I haven't started my Facebook group or I haven't, you know, started doing X, Y, and Z because I don't feel like I know enough or I'm competent or capable enough or whatever. It is, if you don't learn something and immediately turn around and share that, you're not only doing yourself a disservice, but you're doing other people a disservice um, because you're not teaching them as you go and you don't yeah. need to be perfect or have it all down or whatever. If that was the case, we wouldn't exist as a species because nobody ever attains that. Um, and we could never teach anything to anyone. So learn, do, and then turn around and teach people how to do it. And maybe stuff will come up that you don't know, or you have to go and search on Google and figure out, you know, and that's, I, okay. I don't even care if you learn and teach it. Right. Just if you learn and teach it. I mean, that's what that's what the majority of America does in classrooms anyways, right? All across college and stuff. I mean, here I am assuming again. So, I mean, you know, I'm get, I'm on my soapbox here, you know, but but come on. Do you think every single thing that's ever been taught, every single person who's taught it has years or months or even weeks of experience with it? No. I mean, I'm I'm a history teacher. Was I there? Was I was I there during that? No, I wasn't. I'm teaching something that I read. I'm teaching something that I'm lear that I learned. I didn't go back in history. I wasn't there during that particular time, right? So I'm the best. My wife sometimes says that I should have been an attorney, right? Because I come <laughs> up with some of the most most insane arguments for things, but. The only thing that I want to do, and I know you want to do this too, is I just want people, I want people to get results. I want people that your hard-earned time and money that you spend here and in, in on yourself and in your business, I want you to see a result from it. 
So I could easily um, have a community that is dependent on me or is dependent on, you know, uh, whatever, the, the next thing that's coming down the road that we're going to be releasing. But I don't give a damn if people never buy something from us again. It, it does, I know how to go get more customers. So it's not gonna, it's not like I need to hold everybody hostage. I know, and I also know reverse psychology here that the more results you get, the more shit you'll buy from us. Cause you'll be like, yo, I like this stuff. I'm getting results, right? The, the quicker you, I almost think that that should be like the one thing we say on the show every day, just over and over again, every day. It's the same thing. And people will be like, oh my God, this show sucks. They just say the same thing every day, you know, but it's like teach something, do it. Sure. Do it. Okay. Do it. I don't want to be leaving that out. Like I'm just telling you to go teach stuff. Yeah, do it. Okay. But learn it, do it and teach it immediately. It's the same day. Not a week later, not a month later, the same day. And I think that people could come on this, you folks could come on this show and learn something every day that you could turn around and do and teach. Same day, right? Same day. It's just my opinion. So I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um so you uh, also, and I'm not going to reveal your name, um, but you go by a, an alias online, right, to protect your identity. I just thought I'd mention that for men and women who want to feel more protected out there on online. Um, oh, yeah, my my other account, my manifestation account, um, that was something I did to um, basically as an experiment to see if I could build a following, uh, without showing my face, without using my name, you know, just driving traffic by creating content. Um, and I, I think at one point, so I was driving traffic on that account to this manifestation product, but I was getting like a sale a day. And so for people who, I know there are people who've reached out to me before and have said, I can't show my face because of work. Like they work for the government or, um, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever reason they have. Like, even if you're not using TikTok, you can use Pinterest. You can, um, you know, drive traffic on Pinterest and never show your face. And there, you could blog. Like, there are just so many ways that you can have success with affiliate marketing that you don't have to put yourself front and center, you know? So just wanted to throw that, my two cents in. Yeah. So you, this, this, this particular account that you have, um, in the manifestation, uh, niche, you are creating manifestation content, which, you know, if anybody's unclear about what manifestation content is, I mean, just go to Instagram, go to TikTok, and type in manifestation and you'll start getting bombarded with, you know, with, with mantras and, and affirmations and manifestation and law of attraction stuff. Uh, and then you simply go over to a click funnels or a JV zoo or something and, and find a product that connects on that topic. And, uh, and you can easily have a new channel without showing your face up and running in a day. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. I mean, there's literally no barrier to entry 
in this business. And it literally costs zero dollars to go and start a business in a new niche. I mean, for me, the speed of implementation, if you implement right away, and the barrier to entry being so low almost is a joke and people don't take it seriously, right? Because it's like, that's too good to be true. You know, I know that if I start a business, I need to go do take a loan from somewhere and buy equipment. And that's the only, I mean, that's just the only way I need a location and all this kind of stuff. When you tell somebody, no, you literally, and sure you can invest in education, we sell education. There's other programs out there that sell education. Wouldn't say it's on our level, but I mean, that's just me back on my soapbox. Um, but yeah, you can invest in education, but in terms of getting started, it's literally the only cost is your uncomfortability in most cases. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, listen, um, we, I have enjoyed this, even though we had some technical challenges and I think lost a bunch of people. We still got a core group on and I'm sure many will catch the replay and I'm excited about a, a, a round two and continuing to get, uh, this is your first time on the show, isn't it? Second. Second. Last I was with Matt. Okay. 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 Well, I'm excited about a, a, a third episode here to continue to get updates on your journey. And, you know, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished here in 2021, quitting your job, um, finding your, your niche, you know, finding your, your kind of tribe. And, and uh, I think in many respects, um, finding this version of yourself. Uh, as a, as an independent business owner versus somebody who's always probably done a fantastic job at the jobs you've had, but now doing a, doing a fantastic job uh, on your own for yourself. And I know that's got to feel good. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm extremely happy for you and thankful for all the value that you've provided just to a lot of members in this community as well. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome. Well, we will chat with you really soon. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. See you, Barb. Bye. All right, my friends. Uh, you can follow Barb at B A R B M C G O W A N, Barb McGowan. And my friends, have a fantastic Thursday. We'll be back for another episode tomorrow rain or shine, technical difficulties or not, matters not at all to me, right? So if, you know, a little bit of fuzz or a little bit of lag was a challenge for, for some of you, I'm sorry. You know, um, sometimes that happens. But, you know, the the quality of the message, the quality of the content, the quality of the experience and the nuggets that were dropped was 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 unrivaled right unrivaled with any youtube video or any other thing out there uh any other podcast why because it's real because it's relevant because it's 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 it just happened it's happening right now it's not something that happened five years ago right so um yeah we'll be back here tomorrow with another episode see you then get out of here have a fantastic thursday be legendary and we'll see you tomorrow
Peace.